Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall, where you can always find us at K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Hey, I wanted to uh, say welcome to the show, and I also wanted to say to to just give a quick reminder to everybody, today is Wednesday, February 27th, and the House will be voting on the H.R. 8. We talked about this, uh, I don't know, was it last week or the week before? I don't remember. The H.R. 8 Bipartisan Background Checks Act, and um, when you uh, go back to Chris Ann Hall, and listen to the show that we dedicated to this back this bipartisan background checks act you can find out how it's uh not just about background checks it will actually and very quite legally turn legal gun owners into criminals the moment that it is passed now because we have a democrat uh majority and because there is this sort of bipartisan, false Republican candidate uh, congressmen who are going to actually vote for this, they're fairly certain that this will pass today, which means... Pass the House. Pass the House today. Yeah, pass the House with Republicans or not. Right, right, right. Well, but it's going, but right, it's going to definitely, I mean, even if they get a couple Democrats, because you know there are Dixiecrats in there, and there's some Southern I, Democrat I gun anymore. owners. I, you don't, I don't think so? I don't, I don't know. Who are they? If, if that's true, who are they? I don't know. Well, we're talking about the House. So at the district level. I don't, I'll, I, I have to look at the <laughs> list. I don't, I don't think any. Democrats like that exist at the national level anymore. I'm just I'm just trying to give the benefit of the doubt. I'm just saying if there's some Dixiecrats, we know that there's some Republicans voting, so it's a guaranteed kind of thing. And um, so we we can be assured that this is going uh, to happen, which means you need to get onto your senators to make sure that this doesn't go through the Senate. Now this is this is why we can't we ought not be uh, wanting majorities in both the House and the Senate. I think healthy opposition House and Senate is is very very good. I would rather have a healthy opposition in in each of the houses, right? So you have split House, split Senate. That would be the better of the real uh, true Republican, not party, but government style kind of representation that we should get or better yet true representation in a republican government would be people who vote based on 
what their their constituents and not based on their political parties. So, yes. As to your assertion, yes, blue dog pack. Yes, yeah, so there's. <laughs> I didn't know there was such a thing. There's a blue dog pack. Yeah, blue dog coalition. Uh huh. Um, 1995. In the House, so they allege on their site that there are currently 17, quote, 17 moderate, fiscally responsible Democrats. Uh, blah 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 blah. Work, right. Work with both parties, not beholden to political leadership. Um, but I think this is old. What? Wait a minute. Scroll back down. Scroll back. Charlie Crist? Yeah, this They've is They've got old. Charlie Crist listed as a blue dog Democrat? <laughs> yeah, so see, that's that's uh, the thing. So so this is really old. But it, it is old, but I mean, it gives, you, <laughs> it gives you an idea. Charlie Crist, a blue dog Democrat. But I've it gives you it an all. idea of what they consider conservative Democrats. So yeah, like I said, yeah. I don't think so. Right. So get in touch with your Senate um, senator and senators, plural, and make sure that they that we have proper opposition in the Senate. Um, this may hurt somebody's feelings, but I don't really have a whole lot of hope that Trump's going to not sign something like this because he is a gun control guy. Um, in, in spite of other conservative tendencies, um, he, he is not, uh, he is not pro first, uh, pro, uh, right to keep and bear arms in the true constitutional sense. Y- you can't shake your head at me and off. <laughs> no, and be I just I don't want to keep being that guy. Yeah. But you know, I don't want to make everybody mad. I mean, those are those are conservative tendencies. I'm sorry. Oh I, yeah, I just well, hate, conservative. I mean, well, that's what I said from a constitutional term. perspective. Yeah, there you go. And so you know, JC, JC, and I were listening to uh, the Tom Woods show the other day. Is that like bad? Juju to mention that you listen to another talk show because you never hear them talk about listening to other people's talk shows. Tom Woods talks about listening to other people. Does he? I don't know. About I don't shows. I don't listen. I don't listen to other shows very often. But we were listening to Tom Woods, and it, it occurred to me because in this particular episode, JC, he was talking about because he is clearly defines himself as a libertarian. Yep, no and question. he was talking about the difference between a libertarian and a conservative, a conservative the way that libertarians would define conservative. No, no. This this was conservatives defined by conservatives. Oh, okay. So that's I mean, he was going through uh, he was going through, uh, you know, writings and presentations yes, of yes. the leader. It was very good. It was very, very yeah, good. The leadership of was that uh, a conservatives. recent episode? Or was that something fairly, you yeah. found in the archive? No, it's fairly recent. But so anyway, it, it just shows how far conser- what 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 goes as conservative today. It shows how far it is from what conservatism was supposed to be. So in reality, there honestly, if you look at conservatism as defined by the conservatives, you know who uh, essentially founded it, it. You really see the definitions reflect libertarianism. And mm-hmm. conservatives today, actually, and this is what Tom Woods was bringing out in the, looking at uh, these the writings of the conservatives, uh, the conservatives of today are closer to, you know, FDR style Democrats. 
Right, right. And so, so, so that idea of the pr- being pro-gun control and, oh, we need, what do they call it, common sense legislation, that yeah. that is very, uh, really, what they say, neoconservative. That neoconservative. is the conservative of today. Yeah. Uh, so it's not really surprising. So, so you can't say, well, Trump's not very conservative because he wants common sense gun legislation. Okay, if you say that, you simply don't understand what conservatism is today. That is very conservative today. Well, so it occurred to me, J.C., as he was giving these definitions, uh, that's that that must be why it's hard for people to deal with me because I don't self-identify, and I don't believe I fall strictly in any of the categories. Yeah. I don't identify myself as a libertarian. I am... I am. I, I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings, but I'm. I'm. Cons- I'm more constitutional than your average libertarian, or even a libertarian who who is above average. And but, I'm certainly not a conservative. But you would line up with old school conservatism, not this new, you know, what they call neoconservative, not new. Yeah, I am not a neoconservative. I'm not a neocon. There's um, more nationalism in. Modern conservatism. Yeah, I am not a nationalist, and that really probably hurts some people's feelings as well to learn that Chris Ann Hall is not a nationalist. I am not somebody that's going to flip out over the 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 declare or reading of the or the reciting of the the pledge of allegiance and stuff like that. And I believe that people ought to have a right to burn the flag. So you have these. So you have the same phenomenon, really, in both camps, because you have the new, this is what I was saying when you talk about the House, you have the new Democrats, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, AOC, the bartender, is representative of the, the new Democrat. And they've moved more and more in that direction, uh, you know, over the years. And so I don't, I don't know if, if somebody could, you know, tell me, maybe there are, but I don't know of any more conservative democrats like we would know in rural areas around around america like where we're from so on the federal level i don't know they move more they have moved more and more toward new democrats and then on the conservative side uh-huh. we the the uh on the Wasn't republican Bill Graham side kind of a dixiecrat yeah he he's he was here but he's not in anymore he's no, retired but, out so. right so on the republican that's the first, side that's the first name that sort of pops yeah there are ser- i mean several that we've had yeah but i don't know if they're there anymore but on the Republican side, you've moved more and more away from old school conservatism toward, uh, you know, the George Bush style, neoconservative, warmongering, you know, never met a war he didn't like, uh, you know, law, the law and order, police state type mentality. Uh, and, and, then, and then you throw in that little flavor like uh, Limbaugh talks about where there's this. Uh, there's this melding of the parties and then the Republicans are always trying to appease uh, the left. And so. Right. Right. Well, the, the rhinos, then the ones who are who are more in for for compromise and pragmatism than they are for principles. So the result of all that, you end up with a very small majority uh, who actually operates according to their oath, who, who right. to support and defend the Constitution right. and stand for its principles. Right. So both parties have been hijacked. So I wanted to give you a, a, a little of encouragement today, today, JC. You know, yesterday we did the show, uh, and the show was titled a, and a Politically Incorrect Discussion of the Wall. And I told you I 
I fully accepted the fact that I was probably going to be violently verbally attacked over that show. But we are actually getting <laughs> quite, quite surprisingly a lot of great feedback on that show. As a matter of fact, um, y you might remember him, but Aaron Alward from uh, the Libertarian Party of South Dakota, mm -hmm. he was in Sioux Falls. He actually sent me a text message. He said, great show yesterday. You're right. I've only heard you and JC issue uh, address the wall issue uh i've only heard you and jc address the wall issue as much as you've done uh he says brian mcclannan has done a little but not a, the amount that you have be sure to share this i will be sure to share this episode and your article on the state of emergency being unconstitutional he says i want you to tell jc that this is coming from a libertarian that believes in some kind of borders isn't that encouraging Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host. I hope Aaron doesn't get embarrassed that I flubbed up his text message. But the basically what I wanted to pass on to you, JC, was this message from Aaron and from a large number of people on YouTube. Bam, 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 coming in saying, look, I even had a bunch of them say, you know what? You made me think differently about property taxes. Hmm. A lot of people don't uh, think about property taxes in the way that we presented them. And uh, I'm, I'm encouraged when we were able to say to people, you know, and make people think. Yeah, I would say to Aaron, I'm also a libertarian that believes in some sort of borders. And I think Aaron would agree with me uh, that I hope you agree with me, Aaron, that I don't see how you can be a libertarian and not agree with borders. That, that doesn't make any sense because <laughs> in, I mean, the idea of libertarianism at the root of libertarianism is the principle of liberty. You have the right to do, and this is how I define it, you have the right to do what you want with what's yours as long as you don't harm another. Out of that grows the uh, principle. That's pretty Lockean. I don't think that's very different. But the principle of property is embedded in that. What is right. property if you can't put boundaries Around your property. The very definition it's of property crazy. in its specific terms and its more broad terms, as Madison explains in his essay on property, include uh, it, it, it actually in, encases the understanding that you have dominion over that thing to the exclusion of everyone else. Right. It's not property if you don't have dominion over it. So open borders, to, it's, to me, is anti-liberty. And understand the travel, like the, the some of this, and I know conservatives caricature libertarianism and libertarians, but there there, there is some of this sort of what I look at as lefty libertarianism. It, it's that it, it has some really strange thoughts. The the open border idea, so it's connected to freedom of travel, mm -hmm. right? But you don't have you don't have freedom of travel across my property. You don't right. have freedom of travel to come and pitch a tent in my front yard. I mean, that's the right. essence of property. <laughs> so it's it's really and, bizarre. And a state and a, a community thought. is nothing more than the individual coming together in in a society to protect their individual property. 
the, the, the state, the government, a lot of people don't understand, the government has no power that does not already exist in the individual. That's why Washington said, I don't think that, that Britain can stick their hands in my pocket and take money without my consent any more than I can stick my hands in your pocket and take money without your consent. And so what we have to understand, the basic funda pr fundamental principles of a just government exist in knowing that the government has no authority unless it exists in me personally first. And it's just a, an a, it's not, it's not an accumulation like it aggregates that when the more people come together, the more power of government grows. No, it's when the people come together, their individual power grows to protect what is rightly theirs. Well, and I, I would say this, I, I mean, I do believe in freedom of freedom of movement freedom of travel right you know in that sense but Madison when you talk about them between inhabitants and citizens right that's what i was going to say inhabitants so and citizens you talk about the immigration issue it's it's not it's not so much uh, like you distinguish between immigration and security so it's not so much immigration that people are coming and crossing the border it's right. that the the federal government and municipalities and states are conferring the benefits of citizens upon people here who are not citizens who are not citizens i mean and that's the sense of we as citizens you know contribute and support uh th through our taxes this mm -hmm. thing and then you have whatever benefit from that and what have you i don't know uh, but there's all these all these things that come with citizenship particularly the the, the right to vote um, et cetera. Uh, well, there's you know, I mean, voting, long, long jury duty, uh, any money related benefits, you know, those kind of things. Right. But so, so you I don't, I don't know. It's, it, it seems, uh, how uh, these issues are conflated and we have a difficult right. time. Well, we have, we're it. actually, you know, we, we talk about, um, the big hoo-ha over the Supreme Court justices. You, there, it's always a big deal when there's a Supreme Court justice nominee and everybody wants to think that the right Supreme Court justice nominee will be a world-changing event. But JC and I have held the position and we have talked about it quite often that Supreme Court justices are not the great fix. It's the hundreds, thousands of lower court judges that actually make the difference. And I don't remember, do you remember the statistic, JC, how many uh, Barack Obama appointed? It was over a thousand. Over a thousand. So um, when we come back after the break, I want to tell you about a little victory and the controversy that is happening in the Ninth Circuit, not because of the Constitution, but because of political tradition. Arrogant men tear up our constitution And from every direction we cry around You can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. You know, JC, before I jump into this Ninth Circuit thing, I want to talk about the fact that, that we had the uh, Cohen hearings today. And we listened to a little bit of those Cohen hearings. And I, 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 I don't know how many people realize that Michael Cohen has now been disbarred by New York. So he is now not allowed to practice law in the state of New York. 
which is phenomenal, okay? I just want to say that's absolutely phenomenal that he's disbarred, especially in New York, because I don't know if you're not in the legal profession and you don't keep track of these kind of things, it is nearly impossible to be disbarred. One, it's hard to get in, but once you're in, oh my goodness, you can practically be a serial killer, be found in the, with the axe in your hand and bodies in the backyard before you'll actually be disbarred. Well, there's censure, there's sanction, but disbarring is a big deal. He's a serial liar, obviously. I mean, yeah. Convicted. Yeah. But the, the whole basis of the trouble he's in is about lying. It's so. One of the most. Yeah, but isn't that the profession of a lawyer? <laughs> but in the, it, it, sorry, I don't know. I don't it? mean to. Uh, oh, somebody said I giggle too much. I'm sorry. I'll be more serious. Uh, <laughs> one of the most striking uh, moments in in the hearing today for me. I want to share. Okay. This in okay. light of right, please I mean, do this this lie. I mean, mm-hmm. this is the now serial I ca- liar. I, I call this the uh, Trump impeachment pregame show. Okay. Right, that's, I mean, all this, and I think uh-huh. uh, one of the rep- representatives, Clay Higgins from, I think, Louisiana, he said this is the intent of the majority is to lay a soft cornerstone for impeachment of the, pre- of, of the president. Ah, nice. The whole purpose nice. of this. But I like the, that. The pre-impeachment It's the show. Trump, Trump impeachment pregame show. Pregame show. That's so what he said. Pregame show. The most striking moment for me came from a representative, I don't even know how to say it, Sarbanes- I guess he's from Maryland, mm-hmm. so Representative Sarbanes. It's just this. I, I thought maybe he's from the Deep South. The guy, I always worry, like, I talk too slow, mm-hmm. slowly, mm-hmm. and people other mm-hmm. elsewhere, it's going to be annoying. So he's like, uh, Mr. Cohen. He just, I don't know what's wrong with the guy. But anyway, <laughs> he says, Poor guy. he's talking heart. to Cohen. And uh, so apparently Cohen's going to make a statement, and the statement, uh, Trump and uh, various others uh, have a mutual defense agreement, right? So mm-hmm. all the different lawyers of the different people have to look at a statement. And uh-huh. they're like, oh, um, Jay Seculo made edits to the statement and, and, you know, whatever. And it was like uh-huh. some big thing. And he says, well, what was the point of that? He said, well, you know, the message, we had to, it had to be a consistent message. of No, no ties to Russia, no Russian collusion, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so Sarbanes, if that's the way you say his name, from Maryland, Representative Sarbanes, says, oh, so you're... Are you quoting? Yes. Quote. He says, quote, so you had to uh, toe the line, and he kind of paused, right, because we know the phrase is toe the party line, Uh right? That's that's the colloquialism, toe Mm -hmm. the party line. Mm -hmm. He, He almost like there's a hitch in his speech when he catches himself. So as not to say party, right, because he he realizes in his mind that now he brings the political parties into the imagery of his statement. So he leaves that out. He says it sounds like you have to toe the line with the message or the narrative of the day, regardless of whether it's true. He says it's which a immediately poet? Be, yes, which immediately becomes obvious why he doesn't say party. So right. this is the most this is this was like the most poignant moment for me where you have this guy up there, the serial liar, essentially on trial by serial liars, mm-hmm. and here one of the members of, of these parties of lies 
chastising, chastises him about coordinating his messaging so that there's a narrative or message of the day that he has to transmit in concert with all the other members, whether it's true or not. I thought, is this, I mean, I didn't even know, what do you say to that? I mean, it's, this is like a commercial for hypocrisy. Yes. It's un- so how can you take any of this seriously? A bunch of liars badgering another liar, well, and like somehow it. we're supposed to get something My moment was was uh, reading how uh, Michael Cohen, this serial liar, uh, explained in the hearing that Trump is able to make people lie without telling them to lie or asking them to yeah, lie. Yeah, that was fascinating. So, so Trump has some some mega mind, mind control power where the serial liar says that Trump can make people lie without telling them to lie or without even asking them to lie for him. Yeah, it, well, he apparently has a <laughs> magical code. Like he a said, he code? said he speaks in code. Code. And so... It was crazy to hear I, this guy sitting the maybe testimony. Maybe this guy's not right in his head anymore. I, don't I mean, think there's he is, there are people. I mean, he's been through a lot of stress. Maybe yeah, he's yeah, yeah. had some kind of a of an episode, some kind of a break, and and because because people who are intelligent don't talk about how uh, you know I, I I noticed he has a secret code. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I I don't know. He didn't tell me he has a secret code. Nobody gave me the secret code training, but I noticed that he has a secret code. We saw that. Remember that Dr. Phil episode? Were you sitting there? So when we went to we went to our the family reunion time in California and one of our relatives had the Dr. Phil show on. And there was this girl who who kept one, you know. Uh, in love with this boy, I'm in love with you, and kept after, actually yes. another girl. She was after another girl. Yes, and the I girl, that. And the girl kept saying, leave me alone, stop talking to me, you're a nut. And she said, well, yeah, she said that, but there were there's codes in her words, and I was hearing See, what she really it said. it is a psychological sickness. So that's what Cohen Michael said. Cohen needs to be on the Dr. Phil show. Yeah. Michael Cohen needs help from Dr. Phil. Yeah. I mean, he said, no, he didn't tell me to lie. So Trump didn't tell you to lie? No, it's a code in his words. You know, when he doesn't say it, but he means it. Like, what? Yeah. No. See, <laughs> Are that you is kidding? a psychological. Even, even Dr. Crazy. Phil says that's a psychological disorder. It's in the DSM 5 or 4. I think it's 5 now. It's in the DSM 5. It is a clinical psychological break. It was very bizarre. Very a very bizarre break. moment. Uh, but uh, you, if now the thing is, if you're listening, if you're sort of brain dead, you know, just limbing, watching this. Then you have all these sort of ooh and ah moments, and it sounds like intrigue and this and that. Uh, one guy kept coming up, uh, Felix Sater, mm-hmm. right? Russian, I guess he's Russian, uh, but he's a real estate guy and worked with Cohen to try to try to coordinate a real estate deal for Trump Tower mm-hmm. Moscow. And they keep and and this is one of the tricks, okay, mm-hmm. in the hearing. They keep saying. Uh, convicted felon with Russian mafia ties, Felix Slater. So they keep saying this, convicted felon, convicted felon, Russian mafia. They say that over and over again. So if you just listen to that and you don't you don't know anything about it, you don't go research it, whatever, you just hear it. And so that's what you're going to hear around the water cooler, right? So the deal with this guy, in the 1990s, okay, he he gets... Uh, the Russian. Yeah, the Sater is 
charged for some kind of uh, some fraud, like stock fraud, $40 uh-huh. million dollar stock fraud. And then he got in a bar fight where he cut a guy in the face with a bottle. Okay, <laughs> So that's the convicted felon. Now, here we are uh, 30 years later. Right. right. The guy's he's a real estate guy making real estate deals, developer, blah, blah, blah. But because of something, uh, some bar fight and fraud that he's convicted of, service time, whatever, now he's convicted felon. You can throw around this label and make these make these sort of associations with Trump and the rough and mo- Russian mafia and a convicted felon. And it and it was it's all just sophistry. It's all these games that they're playing now. The tr- Trump impeachment pregame show. Yeah, go. I recommend. So Buzz Buzz BuzzFeed Feed News uh, did this article February fifth, where they have these internal communications and this whole business. This, this maybe whole you can approach. go over that on tomorrow's show, JC. No, go check just, it out. Look at yeah, it. Yeah, but give them a homework, and you can walk yeah, them through no, it. No, go read it. It's it's uh, secret files on BuzzFeed. Blah blah blah, and they say, uh, you know. He kept insisting no business in Russia, no ties with Putin. These documents tell a different story. When you read through the documents, no, they don't tell a different story. They actually support exactly what President Trump said. Uh, you know what I it's liked crazy. about the hearing, JC? Uh, one, of, uh, one of the members asked Cohen if he was going to, if, if he would uh, preclude the option of running for yeah. office. Oh, brother. So Cohen says, no, I'm not discounting. I might run for office. But he then can't then practice has, law anymore. Right, right. Well, he can't practice law. He might as well be a politician, right? So you're a convicted felon, you're disbarred, and now you're going to run for office. Oh, but don't forget, he's looking at a second book. Yeah. So he'll write the second book that nobody will read, but people will buy cases and cases and cases of it because that's how they money launder campaign donations. Right. Right? So he's going to write a second book. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to read it, but they're going to sell millions of copies, uh, and instead of being caught under the campaign donations, there will be just really book purchases that fund his campaign. <laughs> Speaking of liars, uh, Ocasio-Cortez is being uh, pursued by the Federal Elections Commission uh, because she apparently, or allegedly, we'll just say, has uh, has paid, funneled thousands of dollars through an allied pact to pay her boyfriend. Well, and and here's the thing. It's not illegal for her to pay her boyfriend, but they created some kind of scheme to avoid claiming the money as a campaign expense. Right. So here we have you have to pay your fair share tax woman. You know, taxes are everybody's obligation. And now she's helping her boyfriend get away from, you know, getting money and not having to pay his taxes. Is he part of the rich elite? She's going to end up out on her keister because she scares the corporate Democrat wing to death. Right. She's trying to move the Democrat Party to this radical uh, socialism. And and the establishment Democrats, they man, they don't like it. They're, they, and it's a generational fight, too. She's created this generational divide where you have, you know, you have the I senior just, citizen side running the that, Democrat JC, Party. She's a socialist and she's the one on the platform about higher taxes and everybody has to pay taxes. You know, I'm a recovering socialist. I used to believe that taxes were all about your fair share. And now you got Ocasio-Cortez and her boyfriend scheming to not pay taxes. Isn't that always the way it goes? Yes, it is. And I wish that the socialists would realize it. Hey, 
I, I promise when we get back from the break, we're going to talk about the new federal court judge. His name is Eric Miller from Washington, and he's going to be sitting on the Ninth Circuit, much to the chagrin of the two senators of Washington who opposed his nomination. I'm a long, long way from my home And I'm going to change all the things I find The Chris Ed Hall Show Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. This is our last segment for you for today. But don't forget, we are Monday through Thursday with a double dose on the weekends. You can catch us here at chrisannhall.com. We are on iTunes. We are on Google Music Play. Uh, we are on TuneIn.com. We are on a. Uh, we are on Jesus Pod. I think that's really cool. We're right up there. Uh, you, you get your get your 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 Bible message of get the day. Get your church on. Get your church on. Then come get your 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 government wisdom on. Right. Your constitutional. Your liberty dose. Right. So where Christ is, there is liberty. So you get your church on. Then come get your liberty on. How's that? Uh, I should have said that way the first time. Maybe I'll write it out next time so I don't get it wrong. So anyway, Ninth Circuit. William, I'm sorry, Eric Miller was confirmed uh, 53 to 46 uh, as the new Ninth Circuit judge. Now, you guys know uh, the Ninth Circuit has always been a problem. They call it the Nutty Ninth or the Ninth Circus because they have been overturned by the Supreme Court more than any federal district in the United States. Guys overturn more than pancakes at an IHOP. They are your epitome of activist judges. And uh, once again, just to be sure, that's not the president's fault. It's your Senate's fault, which is really interesting because once again, the Dems are not happy because they didn't like Mr. Miller. And um, they're upset because apparently, and I didn't know this, there's some kind of tradition that if the senators of a state don't approve of the nominee when that nominee comes from their state, Mm -hmm. then the tradition says, no, no, you're not allowed to actually confirm that. And so that's what they're really, really upset about. So we had the two Democrat senators... Maria Cantwell and Patty Murray say that this marks the first time the Senate has strayed from the tradition and confirmed a judicial nominee over the dissent of both home state senators. Can I remind you that the fifth article of the Constitution says that all senators shall have equal suffrage in the Senate? And I'm very happy that we have just broken from tradition in this matter, even if it is, you know, a whole I'm the Republicans going to stick their finger in the in the Democrats face kind of thing. It's all party driven. But I'm excited that we're we're breaking away from this tradition that two senators. I I want us to grasp this. Two senators dictate whether a federal judge is nominated or not. So don't ever tell me that these federal judges are a Barack Obama appointment or a whatever because we all know now, up until today, those appointments have been determined by only 
two senators. Now listen to what what um, Patty Murray says. She says, quote, this is wrong. It's it's a dangerous road for the Senate to go down. Confirming this Ninth Circuit Court nominee without the consent or true input of both home state senators and after a sham hearing would be a dangerous first for this Senate. You know, the Democrats really have a lot to say about sham hearings, don't they? Seriously. Takes one to know uh, one. No, I'm just seriously. But then it's wrong. It's a dangerous road for the Senate to go down where every senator has a vote and not just two. What is that? Up is down. Down is up. Backwards day. It's like it's like Alice threw the looking glass at an unbirthday party, right? We have an ungovernment that engages in unhearings, in unconfirmations with unpeople. Yeah. I I don't get this. I I don't So anyway, so the victory, I don't know anything about, let me just say this right away. I don't know anything about Eric Miller. I don't really have a great deal of confidence that he's actually a constitutionalist. He looks like a kid. Yeah. I don't know how old the guy is. I don't know. He's been nominated before, but they passed him over. But anyway, I, I don't know if he's a constitutionalist. I don't even know if he's a liberal or not. But the, the victory here, and I'm sure he's not a liberal if the two senators in Washington were ticked off about it, right? So there's got to be something good about that. Or maybe that just wasn't the guy that they wanted to pick who was next in line, right? The tit-for-tat favor. So somebody's going to have to pay some kind of favor somewhere. But here's the victory, guys. Once again, we're seeing a break from unconstitutional tradition in, in, in the direction of liberty. I don't know what the motivation was, but the direction is right. Now we just need to keep our senators on the right path. Yep. Keep them voting the right way. God bless you guys. We will see you tomorrow.